Yeah, we always need the fucking wheel. Yes. Hello, everybody. Uh, last week, I was very forgetful in my um, as far as identifying my sponsors. And so this week, I'm going to start out just uh, thanking my sponsors and uh, giving them a cheap plug. So uh, thank you to my good friends at VG Meats for the sponsorship. If you go to my website, www.livefromthedutchhall.com, and you click on the coupon you'll see there, you get good deals that are exclusive to Live from the Dutch Hall listeners that get great deals on VG products. And if you do that, a little bit of the proceeds from the sale will come back to um, help Live from the Dutch Hall be a better show. I think they're just pouring in, too. I can't wait for the next... Uh, the next check? I yeah. think I'm going to get hit six bucks. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but that does, that's a pretty, uh, pretty big first month. I think there's a lot of opening uh, day. But if, I, don't, I don't understand why people aren't going there and just spending lots of money because it's delicious foods. And the deals are great. Just 20% exactly. off country hands, two-for-one pulled pork. You can't beat it. How yeah. the hell do you beat that? Yeah, you don't. Anyway, and the other thing you can do to help out the show, if you'd like, is to go on to Amazon uh, or my web my website and uh, click on the Amazon link when you're doing your Amazon shopping for Christmas, and a little bit of that sh- uh, proceeds will come back to help the show. And thank you very much for those who have contributed because I'm on track. You know, 15 bucks a month. I think I'm uh, uh, ch- charting right now. I'm on track to hit it again. Whoa. So. It's real. Sh- real shit is happening now. So. You are rolling. Yeah, yeah it I have is my rolling. Christmas wish list, so hopefully you're saving up. Oh, oh yeah, we gotta find a way to do it. They won't let me um, buy it online. Eh? They, they won't give me any money if no. I do it. No, this is a kind of somber start to the show. Eh, this the this whole bit, and it, I have to admit, you know that uh, uh, some of it is due to a big part of the show is being missed. Uh, and that is, I think, if anyone has been following on Facebook or uh, Twitter, uh, you notice that uh, unfortunately we had to fire uh, uh, the man who writes the music for Live in Dutch Hall, Dave Charters, last week. Uh, this was a private matter that uh, Dave decided to make public, and we'll need to address it on the show. And so we were struck with the decision on what to do with the theme song. Since he wrote the music and the controversy that uh, has ensued, I'm not sure if I want to be associated with the product of his music. So uh, we've uh, enlisted the, the uh, services of uh, another great friend of the show, Mike Bowe, to come in, uh, the lead man from Crowd and the Lion, and uh, record a new theme song. So everyone, I hope you enjoy it. Let's get the show rolling. Hey, uh, do you mind uh, um, grabbing those Jagger bombs for this theme song? Uh, I'm in. Sounds right. delicious. Thanks. Let's do this thing. Here you go, guys. Enjoy this one. Oh, shit. (laughs) Cheers, buddy. Let's do this. Eh? <laughs> Welcome everybody to Life from the Dutch Hall. And this is what we call, I think, the um, the rooster gets the axe is the name of this episode. And uh, as I mentioned earlier in, uh, in my opening is that uh, we had a private matter in here at the Life from the Dutch Hall family where uh, one of our one of our members, one of our great contributors to the show, Dave Charters, uh, my one of my oldest friends, I think my oldest friend. I've been friends with him since kindergarten, um, since we were four years old, and he ended up marrying my cousin, becoming part of my family. The real, you know, uh, 
can't think of him almost like a brother. You know, so to have to fire a guy that you're that close with, it really is not a decision that you take lightly. It's not something that you really want to be something that's uh, handled publicly like this. And it's much like any sort of, uh, you know, organization where you have uh, people that you care deeply for. You know, you don't want to have to publicly uh, humiliate and fire them. But I feel that Mr. Charters, uh, with his um, public um, comments on Facebook, uh, really forced my hand to at least have to address the situation as yeah, best I can. Definitely. There's so many questions. Yeah, well, we'll hope to get to that on the show today, Jane. Well, that, by the way, that voice you hear, that lovely voice... Ooh. That came just saltering through the microphone. <laughs> voice of an angel, some oh, may say. Goodness Most. gracious. All right, pants always get tighter when I hear that voice. I tell you, I don't know Mine why. Mine aren't tight enough. Oh, yeah. I'm going to I'm, I'm gonna have to undo my top button like Thanksgiving. <laughs> just give it some space in there. Thank you. <laughs> but that is the lovely uh, Dr. Jane Van Dyke. Thank you for coming in, Jane. My pleasure. Woo. There's a kiss. And as I mentioned before, the man who wrote today's theme song that's in sitting in the uh, co-host chair is... Am I holding the title now? What? <laughs> For writing the theme song? Right now you have... You currently? Currently I've written that theme song. If you notice that theme song sounded... Uh, well, I'll finish your introduction. This is Mike Bow. I already told you who he was, so here he is, Mike Bow. <laughs> so, Mike, that you know, that song, I would say that you wrote it because... Uh, if you remember um, the controversy that surrounded the Vanilla Ice, Ice Ice Baby. Correct. And, uh, you know, um, Queens Under Pressure. Mm -hmm. You know, and do you ever see that YouTube clip where, where, um, where Vanilla Ice tries to explain the difference of it? Where he's like, ours is, he goes, uh, the original version went, dun, 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 dun. Right. Dun, 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 Right. Where mine went, dun, 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 dun. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> that little pause yeah? there. You know the difference? Yeah. See that? That's a different baseline altogether is what he explains to us. Vanilla explains that to us. And uh, that's uh, the same thing with what I would assume that theme song was. Because Charters, um, he'll try to take credit for it because he's living in, he's living in a bit of a dream world. He's got illusions <laughs> of grandeur, right? I, I believe Dave does. And he feels that he wrote that song himself due to some epiphany. It came down from God or whatever made him... And being the Catholic that he was, he was probably praying for a good theme song, and then God delivered that to him. But that's not entirely true. He started with a concept. He did have a part in the writing of it. But since that time, you know, uh, some of the input that I gave him mm -hmm. changed that song. Okay. And then what you did was you took the pile of shit that was there. <laughs> <they've seen. laughs> if we can all agree on that. <laughs> and then you... Uh, you you made it into something that was good, you know. It had that really kind of like chicka 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 beat to it, you know. I like that, you know. Well, I appreciate it. So I consider that to be an entirely different song, and therefore uh, you are the man that writes the music for life in Dutch Hall. At now, I need to uh, fill the the role at least on an interim basis. If you take that, like I, well, I feel maybe over the next couple of weeks we should probably see what we can do to see who else has uh, you know ideas and what what they can do to help us with the new theme song, uh, because of our predicament and then if anyone auditions yeah so like if anyone it. has anything and you want to send it in to life in the dutch hall gmail.com and you just uh record a ver your version of the theme song 
we can play it over the next couple of weeks and kind of try them out and see which one works. And if anyone has some uh, creative ideas, if anybody gets anything going, I would love to see people contribute. And that goes for you people in Utah that are listening, because I know you're listening, you guys. <laughs> I wish one of you guys would send me an uh, email or something like that just to tell me who you are, because I'm getting these. I'm going to eventually talk to my Utah listeners because <laughs> I think of a trip to Utah would be great. We do a live show in Utah. That would be fun. Salt Lake City. Oh, Sounds like a great time. Go in there and rock the Mormons, right? Yeah. That would be great. I don't think, I think that it's like anything else. It's like, you know, you th- hear so much about the Mormons, and you think that the Mormons are something scary or something you know you fill in the blanks with things when you're ignorant about something that's like when right, you just don't know ignorant. about it you, yeah. you you just fill in the blanks with whatever you whatever it, uh fears you have or whatever uh, preconceived notions you might have right so it makes people kind of leery of it but i think if you go because we've ever because uh we have gone through our life most of our life hey james where we never met a mormon right right and then we went to a mormon wedding yes and really cha- and then we met a whole bunch of mormons okay. right because it was a mormon wedding and uh, they're great people. Yeah, good people. Really good people. Like we liked uh, ever all of them. Were, they're really probably better people than we were. What would be a highlight at the wedding? What's something you really take home with you from a Mormon wedding? Can I say that? So, I'll say the story. I don't know. It's, I'm not saying their names or nothing like that. But the Mormons are dry, right? Is it a dry wedding? <clears throat> yeah, it was okay. a dry wedding. But they opened the bar up for us. So we got to go. My friend was very nice. He mm-hmm. he uh, opened up a bar for us. That is so, nice. So we could go and. Uh, <laughs> And drink in the in the bar, and it was uh, fantastic. You know, so we would go there and order the most expensive scotch. I hate <laughs> scotch, but they, everyone's trying to tell me, "Oh, you haven't tra- tried the expensive stuff." I I, I hate it. I just you can't tried stand it that it, yeah. night. Give me whiskey. I just like the Canadian Club whiskey tastes great. Yeah. Bud Light tastes great. I am low class. Right. I don't care what anyone says. Like I just accept the fact. You know, I'm not a. I, I can try to drink wine. I try to drink it. It's like I pretend that I like what I like, but really. The stuff that tastes the least like wine is probably what I like. I agree, hundred percent. You know, in like, the exact same way. I tried for a while there. I had I used to lend money in the wine industry, and I had wine customers, and I tried my best to, you know, understand their world and stuff. But uh, the, at the end of the day, uh, I just wanted a Bud Light. You mm-hmm. know, yeah. <laughs> that was the end. Of, that was yeah. the truth. It quenches your thirst. Yeah, actually, when I quit at uh, when I quit my banking job, and I didn't have the responsibility of those wine customers anymore. I went to uh, like this uh, Norfolk, um, this thing we have locally where they have like the the food and drink, the Norfolk food and drink. And I used to always go like um, booth to booth to the the wineries because that's who I would be doing business with. And then I would, or I'd want to do business with. And so then I would, uh, you know, talk to them and Mm -hmm. find out about their product and stuff. And then uh, as soon as I quit that job, I was like, I don't want the wine. I'm going to go straight to the beer truck, and then I'm just going to have whatever beer they have because I ain't even done with wine. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's probably a better deal too. It's symbolic. Eh? So you, but uh, I wonder about that with you, Jane, because you you were married to me, and I was the wine drinker, like corporate guy. Yeah. Right. And then one day I became a. This, what you see before you today. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I never associated that timing, but it's true. You stopped drinking wine. Yeah. Really? Once yeah. I once I quit because it was like. So it's all about image, Peter, you. <laughs> no, but that's what I mean. It was a, not a conscious <laughs> thing. It was just probably subconscious, right? Right, right. Or because I was thinking a lot about the industry because I was working in it. Then I would think. Then yeah, I would you wanted like, to learn and you wanted to appreciate oh, what you're. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I got to tell you, when we go to wineries, like we went to Napa Valley uh, mm. with our friends from California. Right. right. And uh, it was one of the best experiences of my whole life. Yeah. It was Phenomenal. so much. Oh, I bet. So yeah. awesome. Oh, we went, yeah. to, the, we went to this uh, uh, winery called Duckhorn. Yeah. <laughs> I, I reached for three empty <laughs> bottles of beer before I found my full one. Hide Who's been ones. drinking these other ones? <laughs> you. Like you or me. It's been a tough day. Yeah. I had viruses on my computer. It was awful. Mm. Anyways, uh, what was that? Talking about the winery you're in. The winery, yeah, yeah Duckhorn. Yeah. It was Duck great. Horn, yeah. They were. It was like those. We had this girl. She was like her second or third week on the job or something. She was brand new, but she was fantastic. Lots of energy. Yeah, and she yeah. brings us in. She brings us around the farm or. And shows us everything, and it was great. And then we went to, and they were growing mustard between the really? rows. For, yeah, it was a. And then cool. we went into this room where we had wine, ta- a flight of wine, and a flight of like, was it cheese? Mm-hmm. Different cheeses that came out, and she'd explain how the two worked together and how it was all delicious and stuff. And it was great. It was, and we got hammered. Yeah, it was nasty. <laughs> yeah, you got really toasty. It was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and then we went to, then we went to a champagne one. Remember? Oh, yeah, and I was Dunsky. Oh, like, it got oh. real shaky by the end of that wine tour. Like, we went to the two or three places. Two, yeah, two or three. By the end of it, I think both of us were kind of like, yeah, we could, we didn't know where the hell we were. You I know? think that's the beautiful thing about the wine tours is that, like, yeah. I've been on one, too. You go with a group. The end of it, everybody's having a great time. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, you got to see these beautiful places, but at the end of it, everybody's having a great yeah. time. Sure, good I'll attitude. try this. Yeah, yeah. You know, We've all had a few. Uh, yeah, and yeah, it's nice seeing the farms, but. The alcohol is delicious. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's the thing is, too, the first one you might choke down, but the, the 12th one yeah, you're tastes golden. great. It's yeah, like yeah. water. Oh, yeah, because you just become desensitized to the whatever you didn't like at the beginning, or you're drunk and you just love everything, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't know what it is. Poor judgment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Poor judgment it is, Jane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's not very nice. The wine might be good. <laughs> Are you a, you're a wine drinker? Yes. So you like well, it? White wine. Yeah. What's wrong with white wine? I don't know. It's a, that's one of the like stigmas, though. The, yeah, the, like yeah. you're not a true wine yeah. drinker. If you're, yeah, the I wine. feel that's the truth, too. Yeah. 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 That's bullshit. Yeah. There's good white wines out there. If I you, think so, too. And yeah. if, you, <laughs> if you're a guy that is a winemaker and you make white wine, you're going to really like take great pride in your white wine as well as your red wine yeah and to to, to have these wines so-called wine snobs yeah, yeah. belittle the wine just because it's white because made from the you know it's it's that's ridiculous if you're a real wine drinker you'd know there's a place for white wine there's a place for red there's Correct. a place for rosé yeah because i do always feel apologetic right because yeah i don't really i i enjoy the reds when we're doing a wine tasting because i want to try to appreciate it right but i don't you know, and especially when you're eating the meats, I don't. I always drink white. Doesn't matter yeah, what, what even meat. with the steak. Yeah, right. even with the steak, I I won't reach for the red. That's disgusting. <laughs> That's disgusting, and I think that uh, I need a spanking. That VJ. <laughs> uh, that yes, okay. He, should I hit pause, pause. on the show? Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go outside for a bathroom break. <laughs> Let's hit pause. Whoosh. I need a sound effect for that. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, was it saying? Oh, there's, there's this guy. Well, VGs would be. Dis- I'm going to tell them that when they come oh, in for their show, yeah. Oh, because yes. uh, I think that's horrible. It, 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 there's an actual like um, biological a reason. You, yeah, re- reason exactly. It. It, it, yeah, because the the fats from the meat coat your tongue, right? Right. And so then when you drink the 
red wine, the tannins from the red wine break down the fats that surround your tongue. So you know when you eat a steak for the first time and you like cut the steak and you eat that first bite and it's delicious? <laughs> of course it right? is. It's the and best that, thing ever. And then the second bite's not as delicious as the first bite. And that's yeah. the reason because your t- your tongue has got a thin layer of fat on it. Okay. And it covers up your, uh, your uh, taste buds. But then you take the tannin from the red wine, it, it breaks down the fat. Really? And now your taste buds are more exposed. And you get the good taste of the meat again. That's the reason for you drinking red wine with steak. Did you know that? I did not know that. I, so that's why you listen live from the Dutch Hall. Is it's you learn educational. Something. Yeah. It's educational and entertaining. That's right. Sometimes. Edutaining. <laughs> Edutaining. <laughs> Makes my mouth water. Mm. Well, you know, let's get this thing with Dave out of the way because, you know, I don't, want to sp- I don't want to spend the whole show on it, of course. Charters. But for those, you know. For Charters. But for those that care, yeah, you know, most stories I tell end with the end with the uh, word charters, eh? And it's always like like that where you say like, ah, we went out to some uh, bar, and then, uh, we ended up getting thrown out. We had to like towel the guy off with those brown paper towels with paint all over him. Charters, right? Yeah. You just say something like that, you know, charters. It, it always ends with because yeah. he, he had something to do with it. Eh? He was just something that, even if he wasn't the the main character in the in the story he still was the one that had something to, to do with it <laughs> he's like the puppet master <laughs> there's something yeah yeah and you know what and, and that's not why he was fired of course that's part of the that's what i like about the guy you know like that's <laughs> probably the only redeeming quality of the guy but <laughs> i shouldn't say it. anyway so i want to read his facebook uh, post because you know if you when you fire a guy especially a close friend or family like like a guy like dave you don't really want to like um make a big deal of it so that it's shared within the public and people that aren't, um, you know, privy to your personal relationship, you know? So uh, you kind of feel like that's kind of a matter that you're going to work through yourself, you know, you know, maybe it's just temporary. We don't have to make a big deal about it and maybe things will change and and you'll come back to the show. You know, you you don't know, eh? But then when you read on Facebook, this comment or this, uh, this, uh, um, is that what you call a comment? What would you call it? I don't know. It? Is it a diatribe? I don't you know. You know what a what diatribe is? An essay? Is? is this where the Google would come in if we had a Google? Uh, Get on your good. phone? Yeah, no. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it myself. I'll Here, do it myself. I'll do it, Pete. You, you carry on. You run. A diatribe? Yeah, look up diatribe. I don't know what that is, but this is what this is. We're going to call it a diatribe because I like to not research on Life in Dutch Hall and then just do shit like this. Anyways, this, I'm going to read Dave's uh, Facebook post that I had to endure. First of all, it starts. Dear Facebook friends, already I'm uh, I have a problem with that. Um, dear Facebook friends, I don't even know where to start with that. <laughs> but uh, I am writing this post because I wanted the people closest to me, the most important people in my life, to share in this painful time. His Facebook friends. His Facebook friends. Most important. The most important people in his life are his Facebook friends. And I can tell you, people that you uh, knew in high school. And uh, at this point, uh, he's an old man, eh, Dave? So that high school is how long ago? Like 20-plus years, right? 20-plus mm-hmm. years ago. Those people, the people that uh, kind of are, uh, that know you from church, that know you from, like, freaking, like, like you got Facebook friends that you don't give a shit That's about. That's what we were, I was just going to say. We were just talking about that. I can't even keep track of how many I've unfriended. It's a waste of time. Because they're, like, telling you stuff you don't give a shit about. Like, right? hey, yeah, great, I knew you. 20 years ago, big deal. I don't want to do Bejeweled Plus. <laughs> I don't want to right. know what your score is on some fucking game. Candy Crush. Yeah, Candy Crush. Yeah, you got oh, you got a good score on Candy Crush, girl I went to grade three with for one year? Yeah, suck it long and suck it hard, unfriend. 
nice. Exactly. That's why I like Twitter. That's why I like Twitter because the Twitter to me is like uh, fun. You yeah. know, yeah. you just put bullshit out there. You know, you just you can like say whatever you want. It's entertaining. You know. At least the way I use it, it is. Yeah. I don't know because I do follow some people that are using it for like business purposes and mm -hmm. using it for like uh, wanting to better their communities and stuff like that. And I'm using it to just tell dick jokes or, <laughs> you know. I think that's what it's for, though. Like, it's not for bettering communities. I, I guess if you want to follow a bunch of people that are bettering the community, but I can only imagine because I have like the old mayor of the of uh, Norfolk County follows me on Twitter. <laughs> I got like oh, DT. Uh, oh yeah. 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 Great guy. Yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah, and he follows me on Twitter. I think he was, he was trying to, because he's like, oh, you do a podcast. I don't know what that is, but you know, like it sounds like something that's going on in the community. So yeah. I'll follow you. And then he's like, I'm just like, hey, you know what, what kind of Muppet they wouldn't like? <laughs> Rhonda the whore. <laughs> that's your next. Comment. And I got to look at like Dennis Trevally, the, the mayor's reading that, going like, oh, Rhonda the whore. Yeah. Wonder who that is. Uh, that's, I'm proud of this fellow in Norfolk. <laughs> you know, he's doing great things there. Ron that's that's my boy. <laughs> I don't know. I like that stuff. That's why Twitter's fun. Cause like, and then if someone doesn't like you, they unfollow you or whatever. Yeah. But then you, I find that more people are following you because you're dicking around. Like when I when I write a couple of jokes on there, then I'll I'll get a bunch more likes and favorites than when I say something like important or like something poignant on yeah. the world. Like yeah. if I wanted to say should change this but if you can say this should be this is stupid and you say it with a ridiculous joke it's like it goes a lot further yeah eh? you're then, probably gonna have some new followers yeah yeah because people get i think i watched this show um today i guy was uh struggling i was struggling with the conflict of having to fire my dear friend uh, and then understand and i was wondering how am i going to go on with this show tonight and so I was trying to look at look for material. So sometimes I watch documentaries just to get my brain thinking about things. And this this uh, week or today I watched this thing called The Pervert's Guide to Ide Ideology. Mm -hmm. And um, it's it's this like old Yugoslavian guy. He's like um, just like a like an, he's like a philosopher or something from Yugoslavia. This old bearded guy with a cold the whole time. He kept sniffling and rubbing his nose. And uh, <laughs> He's got a real thick accent, and he does this whole documentary where he talks about old movies, and then he talks about how they are, like, uh, representations of things that are going on in today's world, right? So he would, like, he started the whole film out with um, They Lived, you know, They Lived with Rowdy Roddy Piper. Have you ever seen that movie? <laughs> no, I haven't. It's from the 80s. It's, it's called They Lived. And, and this guy, this is how he opens the movie, right? With They Lived, with starring Rowdy Roddy starring. Piper. Starring? Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. It's a, that's it's beautiful. actually a pretty good movie. I can't wait to watch it. <laughs> you have to watch it. They lived, right? It's if I had Roddy Roddy Piper on my show, I would. I, and I'm a wrestling fan. You got to understand, I'm a wrestling fan. I'm also a wrestling fan. <laughs> I've, I've, I'm ashamed of it, but I'm a wrestling fan. Actually, this week, because at uh, Thanksgiving, I got my Canadian Thanksgiving for my American listeners. We do it in October after the harvest. We don't. Uh, we didn't have the same pilgrim, pilgrim experience that you're going to get next week or whatever. But uh, we do it in October. And so in October, we uh, had Thanksgiving dinner. And uh, it was on a Monday, Thanksgiving Monday. That's how we do it in Canada. And uh, it was Monday Night Raw, right? And so nothing was going on on the TV. And the kids were being little assholes, like my uh, nephews and stuff. Yeah. So I, they're like nothing, like my, so whatever's on the TV is boring the children, right? And they're being little dicks about it, right? So we, I flip it on wrestling, right? All of a sudden, all the nephews just 
lined up. Stop. You know, quiet. They're like into the TV. Like their uh, their fists are clenched. They're so they're so intense and enjoying it, right? They're right into it. Oh yeah. And uh, since that time, my brother, who's got three boys, has, says like I, like I can't stop it now. You turned them on to that wrestling stuff, and now I have to watch it like every Monday and every Friday. And um, I just can't deny it for him. They love it too much, right? And so now he he follows it too because he watches it with his well, he kids. Has to, yeah. And so now we're building a deck. We're, my brother talking and I took wrestling. Our, yeah, and he comes in and talks about wrestling. And I've grown up with him my whole life. Like, I'm an old like our whole lives. He's I've always liked wrestling. He's never cared for it, right? And now we're talking about storylines and wrestling. Like old like we're as grown men, we're sitting there <laughs> chatting about wrestling plot lines. And what do you think they're going to do with this guy or yeah. whatever? Like what's going to happen at the next pay per view or something? Like ridiculous uh, way to spend your time. <laughs> But it was like, oh, awesome. I get to talk to my brother about wrestling now. It's a bonding experience. <laughs> male soap opera has sucked you in. Yeah, it's oh, just totally. a male soap opera. Yeah, it totally is. Yeah, it is, uh, it is as ridiculous as a soap opera. Yeah, it should be on in the afternoon. But not more so ridiculous. <laughs> it's just as ridiculous. Marlena was the devil on Days of Our Lives. Oh, that was ridiculous. <laughs> that, it, was, it was over for me in Days of Our Lives. When Mar- Marlena turned uh, into the too devil? Much, too much. Yeah. For those of you who don't know Days of Our Lives, that was a dandy. That was the greatest. The other one was where everyone died and they went on an island. Do you remember that? No, that was I do Who's the one with Victor. That is days. Victor Kiriakis? Yes. Yeah. And didn't he die a couple times? Oh, he uh, Stefano, Stefano Ste- Maybe Stefano. Yeah. Stefano. He was yeah. a phoenix. He rises from the ashes. <laughs> he was the phoenix. Uh, we'd come in from harvest, and then I have three sisters, right? So I have no choice on the TV. And what's the point in arguing <laughs> with them? I'm not going to win. So I just lay down, rest my head, and watch Days of Our Lives. <laughs> yeah. And watch Stefano come back from the dead. Yeah. <laughs> Big deal. That's my afternoon. Oh, yeah. You, you absorbed some of that while you were Oh, I sure school. did. Oh, I grew up with all women, like uh, all girls. And, and I would, uh, same thing, like you'd be like, okay, we're going to lay irrigation pipe. I got to get in by 1 o'clock when Days of Our Lives starts. Because <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's happening with That's Roman. That's exactly what my Roman is. <laughs> That's what my sisters were thinking for sure. But I think he, they're going to undo the bandages on Roman's face. <laughs> He's going to look like John Black. He's going to be Roman. John Black. That's the other name. <laughs> John Black was my favorite. Uh, like that guy, because he was so over the top cheese, you know? Yeah. He's so cheesy. And he would always do like the the rock eyebrow yeah. curl and stuff. And he'd like be ultra dramatic. There, it goes right with wrestling. Yeah. I loved it, man. It's just showmanship. It's like good versus evil. There's always the bad guys and the mm-hmm. good guys. And yeah. sometimes there's like a. Like a turn, like a per- a good guy will come become bad, and a bad guy will become good. It's same as on uh, Days of Our Lives because I'm I hadn't when I was a kid I watched it all the time because my it was on in my house, and then when I got to like university and stuff we would watch it as a laugh like to see what's going on and you could you could go away from Days of Our Lives for two years and watch it and nothing's happened yeah, it's, it's the same, same shit. shit yeah yeah I would watch another soap opera like um, Another World or something and then it would be like everything happens quick or like or a, um, Young and the Restless. That yeah. was on when you got home from school. Y and R. Yeah, so you, it got that was a little cooler. But, oh, but that, th- those storylines move fast. Yeah. Where Days of Our Lives it would be like forever and ever and ever. You know, the same fucking storyline, right? Exactly. Then nothing would happen, right? And they would be like, wait till the next time, little cliffhangers. But everyone, but I saw one like years after not watching it. You flip through the channels, you stop at Days of Our Lives, find out what's going on in Salem, right? Oh yeah, good <laughs> old Salem. Salem. <laughs> and Sammy, you know Sammy. Who was bad, always a bad girl, right? She was all of a sudden a sympathetic character. She was like somehow good, right? That's what I mean. It's like a heel, it's like a turn. 
Why are, you, why are you shaking your head? You're ashamed that I know this much about soap opera. Yeah. <laughs> Wrestling, and Enough he's showing already. the parallels. What? Enough already. Enough about soap opera. <laughs> I can tell you everything about soap opera. <laughs> there was a period of time in my life, honestly, where I knew the lineup was like... Um, if it, my dick was hard right now, it'd be... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it'd be wilting? Yeah. Or uh, <laughs> how does a bony call so are you a, saying... a classic uh, gladiator? <laughs> yeah, classic gladiator dick, yeah. <laughs> so I have, a, I have a question. Because because of... <laughs> that kind of leads me into the next thing. How are, Yeah, we got time. That leads you into Dave Charters? I don't know if I want to do Dave. Like, uh, yeah. What? <laughs> You got off on a big tangent. Anyway, let's go back to Dave. All right. Charters. Charters. So, so, okay, he says, I'm writing this post because I wanted the people closest to me, my freaking Facebook friends, to share in his painful time, right? Today I was fired from Live from the Dutch Hall. For the past 48 weeks, I have written all the music from Live from the Dutch Hall. My creative genius, like... Cocky son of a bitch. <laughs> My creative genius has fueled the rocket that propelled this incredible podcast into such prestigious lists as iTunes New and Noteworthy, which hasn't been for a long time, by the way, Dave. It's uh, actually we're in the what's hot. If, if you want to find us, <laughs> you'd go to po- a comedy podcast to what's hot. And that's where we are. We haven't been a new and nor- noteworthy for a while because we are no longer new <laughs> and uh, we are in what's hot. And uh, you're going to find us down around uh, 250 to 350 on the list. And it's hot, baby. And it's hot as, it's hot as a fuck, Dave. He called you a rocket. Yeah, he's called me a rocket. He's been complimentary to the show, so I appreciate it. And New Media Europe's Coolest Podcasters, which, is, which was uh, not my show, but me. I'm the coolest, po- <laughs> I'm the coolest podcast. Get it right, Dave. Yeah, yeah, Dave. This has nothing to do with you. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> this program has also made literally tens of dollars in sponsorship and donations since its inception, which is a very true statement. That's accurate. Then people can <laughs> donate on PayPal, and we so far have two shareholders, uh, one anonymous and one uh, Jeff Camp, who's now at a lower percentage in his uh, poll on the show, but he still does contribute. And uh, we appreciate all of our uh, shareholders, which is what we call people that donate on PayPal. And I have poured my heart and soul into every note and jingle I've ever written for this show, and it has been an incredible time in my life. Well, if you part poured your heart and soul into every note, every note and jingle, let me talk about every note and jingle you've written for the show, Charters. Let me talk about every... Number one, the theme song that you, that you wrote is very good. Everyone loves it, and I love it too. It's catchy. But you just saw Mike kick the shit out of it <laughs> at the beginning of the show. I don't know about that. And... uh and uh, as far as uh, feedback, we got feedback. You were uh, drunk as a skunk. <laughs> we all know that. It's a beautiful you... voice. And uh, you don't even remember uh, making that up at all. It had, came from nothing. Like it came from a drunken uh, Polish stupor that you were in. And, and uh, for his birthday. And Mike did half of that one too. <laughs> I think it came from that uh, delicious bottle of whiskey we were sipping on that night. <laughs> yeah, it was. That was his 40th birthday party. By the time the show started, yeah. Dave didn't know where he was. Yeah. Anyhow, um, where am I? Okay, uh, I have poured my heart and soul, yeah, ever written this show, and it has been an incredible time in my life. And all that is now changed, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. It's just, it always Drama annoys queen. me. It always makes me think, like, what does that mean? Like, it's like a change in pace. Now we're supposed to, like, get ready for the big 
change of pace. And this is where he says, I've been fired from live from the Dutch Hall and barred from entering the hall itself. Now, that is pretty harsh. That's extreme. Or I've said Dave is barred from it. The open sign is on, and everyone knows the Dutch Hall is open. The open sign is on. It's open. I haven't barred him from the hall itself, though i got to admit if he was here at this point in time, given what we've come to find out about him, mm-hmm. I'm not sure that he's going to be a welcome guest at this time until we get through the investigation. And all I told him was we got to get through the investigation, right? But... Find out the details. Anyhow. So Pete gave me, gave me the choice to quietly step down from my position on the rock altar. <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> at Live from the Dutch Hall. Cocky son of a bitch. But that, <laughs> but that would be unfair to you, Facebook friends. <laughs> that would be a lie. They are right? important. Yeah. <laughs> Dave does not want his, his adoring Facebook friends. Because you know what? Most of those Facebook friends he has has about 300 to 400 other Facebook friends. And when Dave talks about his life, it, uh, or for that matter, this program, it becomes the, the most important thing in all the world, I suppose. And uh, which is, I think Dave, you know, I was a little worried about him. That's all I'm saying is we need a little time off. That's all I, as I said, I didn't like, uh, I didn't really mean to like uh, bar him from the premises or anything like that. All I said was like, Dave, I don't know you're, you're, where you're going is going to be good for the show anymore within your mindset, you know, and in the way you've, you, you seem to, what I've, what I've uh, come to realize you are or you become, you know, and, uh, the way he carries himself day to day. Yeah. And then it started leading me to saying, is this a bigger problem? Is this something that maybe I've been blind to? My friendship has made me blind to these, these aspects of this guy. And, uh, that's where the investigation began. And, um, we have some people that, you know, since the time of the investigation, and I should finish reading this, but uh, it's so long. And that's the reason why That's the reason why I did do it on Twitter. If you did it on Twitter, it's like 130, whatever it is. Yeah, you only get so many. So many characters, you got to, like, freaking do it in there. And, and if I would have been able to read this on Twitter, we'd be done with this. But Dave's, like, writing a book on it, right? Uh, it's on Facebook, right? As far as the Google goes. No, it's on Facebook, but this is the important part, eh? He says, I've been fired because live from the Dutch Hall is worried that my personal life might be made public and tarnish the show's reputation. And now, yes, in fact, uh, I'm not worried about it. I know I want his personal life to be made public, but I don't want tarnish the show's reputation. And what I've uh, found out is I'm trying to create a culture here, a community on the Internet with all my Internet friends, people that are like-minded to the to people at Live from the Dutch Hall that talk about things that are going on in the world. And... Uh, when you got a guy like Dave, you know, I thought, well, this is my best friend in all the world. He's been with me since the very beginning. He's, I tricked him in the very first episode. Uh, he's going to get it. You know, he's going to get the fact that we're what we're trying to accomplish here. And then uh, I think the the whole uh, the whole ordeal went to his head, maybe. And I don't know if it's uh, if if I knew what I was dealing with, you know. That's and big, then I started looking to, to begin the, with. Yeah, big Polish blockhead. Like the, we've talked about that too. Unappealing to the eye. <laughs> terrible you know it is anyways he's the one that's what he asked for so (laughs) i've been fired because like in the coming weeks you'll hear stories of my personal exploits i don't know how he thinks that he knows in advance by him writing this facebook post that he's going to hear stories in the upcoming weeks of his personal exploits but uh it worked because i am talking about it now he's got the guilties Hmm. he said you'll hear that i'm a happily married family man well, we've heard that before. So am I. A staunch Catholic. 
I've said that from from the very, very beginning. That's not something you're going to learn in upcoming weeks. If you listen to any, any episode of Life in the Dutch Hall, you know Dave Charles is a staunch Catholic. It's a well-known fact. It's a well-known fact. I've also said he's a, he's a staunch Catholic with a vasectomy, which I think is like, like a staunch light. It's not it's not hardcore staunch. It might be uh, the gray zone. Yeah. Touched a few men's penises once in a while. <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not, but that's something there. that's involved in the investigation. We're going to look right. into all things. Right. Right? I don't know if that's true. You'll hear that I'm a happily free man, staunch Catholic. You'll hear sometimes my work-life balance tips too far in one direction or another. That is concerning. That is concerning. And actually, in the the um, the um, the documentary that I saw about those movies with the he he lived and stuff like that, the, the, he also got into this, this thing about um, uh, the sound of music, and he's talked about you like the sound of music, eh, Jane? Mm-hmm. You can be Look at her face is lighting right. up right now. It's beautiful. <laughs> and when we talk about work life balance and stuff like that, like Dave talks about in this bullshit uh, Facebook post, um, he's <laughs> he. he he, uh, this guy talked about the sound of music, and he talked about the, there's two parts of your life, two parts of your who you are. And he says that there's a part of you who's like, um, uh, there's a part of you that's duty, that has to do their duty. You know, they have to, they feel like some sort of moral obligation to the community or to the to the church or to their family or to the, to their business, to their to the community and whatever. You know, I say community twice. Anyways. Uh, he he goes, but there's something that there's some that some duty that compels you to do something that isn't completely authentic to maybe who you are. And then there's another piece of you that's searching for joy, right? And then joy is the other side of it. Like that's that you're looking for something that uh, suits you as a person that makes you happy as to who you are and stuff like that. And he talked about uh, do you know the nun's name that Julie Andrews plays in that in the Maria. movie? Maria. Maria, right? Mm-hmm. So Maria is a nun, and with all these strict nuns who know their place and know their duty, right? But Maria is like one that's uh, enamored by life. She's enamored by like she she was late for whatever service because she's the hills beckoned her. You mm-hmm. know, you know she had to go out and run in the hills. Remember that, Jane? Am I? I know. So, I know the whole movie off my heart. <laughs> right, you know the movie off my heart, right? <laughs> But what this guy's point was is that this girl was so full of life, you know, that, that she was not uh, happy in the in the in the uh, constraints of the convent. So they gave her this project to go work with these von Trapp kids, right? These, and uh, when she went there, she fell in love with the uh, uh, the yeah the Baron von Trapp, who the, and he was saying that she was like her joy was uh, of a sexual nature, is what he the way he put it, right? It's like she she had sexual energy and sexual attraction. She wanted to like, she wanted to um, you know explore this sexual energy she had with the Baron von Trapp. Right, that was this guy's point. It was all sexual. This old Yugoslavian guy, yeah. And then he's going, um, and then she goes in and 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 admits it to that Mother Superior, right? The right. The, and uh, what is she saying? You know the song she sings. Climb every mountain. <laughs> yes, yes, you nailed it. Like climb every mountain. Yeah. And he said that is the most erotic ah, uh, song. I never thought about it that way. And here is this mother superior who's basically telling her like climb every mountain. I'm not ride every cock that's out there. And uh, and he it's it, ford every stream, <laughs> follow every rainbow. And his point was, he says that this was actually meant to to. Uh, he says he loved the strategy of this, especially when they were trying to show this movie in communist Yugoslavia or communist Russia at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're saying that 
It was there because the Catholic Church was, they were somehow interested in what the Catholic Church was bringing and stuff like that, but they didn't want to give up any of their personal joys in life. And then that climb every mountain was a way of saying, yeah, you can still follow our church, we're not, but you it, you can still serve our church and still uh, climb that cock or whatever. <laughs> Ride a lot of cocks. Yeah, yeah. You can still like <laughs> climb every mountain you want to, you little. It's another way to look at uh <laughs> sound yeah, of music. sound of music, eh? But that's that is an, essentially the work-life balance was also brought into that, right? <laughs> because because she had to figure out her duty to the church versus her will to be happy with this man, right? Right. And it's the same with like if you like last week we had on uh, Dick Hurst from Beaton, great guy, right? Great show. Now Dick Hurst from Beaton. I don't know if anyone really uh, picked up on it, but uh, it's not his real name. It's, no. <laughs> what? It's not his real name. And when we, st- I had a very brief amount of time. We, sh- this is, should probably be part of uh, the segment that we play on this show. What's it called? We're gonna get back to charters, but we're this uh, segment we call on the show uh, feedback. We got feedback. We got feedback. <laughs> feedback. <laughs> uh, welcome to feedback. We got feedback. As I was saying, what was where was I going before I went into this? You said Dick Hurts. Dick Hurts from Beaton, right? Yeah. So uh, the last week's episode was Dick Hurts from Beaton. So the feedback we got was uh, based on that episode, which uh, I was starting off by saying that Dick Hurts from Beaton uh, is not his real name. And I can't believe it. When we went, this is uh, bullshit. yeah, no, I'm show. sorry to I'm sorry to break down the fourth wall of the show. But it's true. It was an alias. It was the first guy that used an alias on my show. And, Unbelievable. And. Uh, what happened was we got there, and I started telling him about what the show was about and how we were going to set up this interview, and I, I had very little time to prepare the show. And he said, well, if you want to talk to me about what I do for a living or what uh, my professional life is, then uh, you're going to get one character. But he goes, I won't talk about uh, anything to do with anything. He said he wouldn't even talk about Magnum P.I. And I said, why not Magnum P.I.? He says, no one wants to know that their boss... Likes Magnum P.I. He's going to think he's a fucking idiot, is what he said. What are you talking about? The greatest duster of all time. <laughs> I know. I didn't see the problem with it. I said, I'd love it if my boss liked Magnum P.I. I didn't have a problem with that. So anyways, um, he said, you have the option. You can have the professional me or you can have the real me, but i got to use an alias. And to me, based on what the program is, it was no no decision to be made. Like I, I wanted the I wanted the real him mm-hmm. under a different name rather than the corporate him. It's a zero oh, yeah, with, with his own name, you know? yeah. It was because he obviously that's a huge separation for him, right? Yeah, and I think yeah. I think uh, uh, most people, I mean, I think everybody really has aspects of themselves that they hold back that they say, um, you know, like you're not completely yourself in certain se- situations. Like I couldn't talk like I talk on this show, and when I'm, uh, you know. Uh, with uh, at my a school function or a church function or something right. like that, you yeah. know, you have to oh, yeah. you have to know your place. If I'm dealing with people I don't know, I I watch my language and I try to be uh, respectful and stuff like that. But it's not completely natural to who you would be if you'd had no uh, regard for anybody else. Like, mm-hmm. uh, there, if you had no regard for anybody else, you could just be your if you had to be your natural self like if you had to be your natural self i don't think you would be a, a jane i'm talking to you wouldn't be a curse you wouldn't be a, like a real curse like a sailor or Mm-mm. anything like that but you'd be dirty yeah you'd say dirty comments a lot shocking, comes, shocking sometimes. fair enough yeah but you do that you, you don't do that at the office with your patients <laughs> no 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 you've had some of your patients do it to you though oh 
yeah. That don't know your place, don't know their place, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh. It's funny. Yeah, yeah. When it's from an old man, if it's from like a uh, like a forty year old. Yeah, like when it's in the fifties and the sixties, you're like, okay, you you really try to veer around it and you just keep on to business. But when you get a ninety year old, you know, just telling you like raunchy jokes and uh, it's hilarious. It's, I know, yeah. yeah. I can't wait till I'm that old for that reason. I'm gonna be just. <laughs> and then offside. poor guy, he's like, you're like, oh, you're so sweet, you're so funny, and he's like. He's trying to. He's probably trying to hit I'm on me, and he's like, funny. "Damn it!" Yeah. Or, or he's <laughs> just beating himself. Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. I'm not joking. Laugh all your way to the bedroom, honey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I can't wait. My, the 90 year old Pete Van Dyke's gonna be a real treat. Oh yeah. <laughs> it will be a great treat. Yeah. I hope I make it. So uh, feedback. We got feedback. Everyone. I haven't got actually that much about uh, Dick Hurst from Beaten. No one's really said too much about. It. I think people like it enough, but. Um, we did get new listeners last week, and every week we do. This week we got listeners from um, North York, Elmira, Ontario, Laval, Quebec, Draper, Utah, another Utah on the map, and uh, Mumbai, India, Ooh. and Noriyama, Japan. Probably uh, checking up on the yes. status of uh, the Rooster Sun. The Rooster Sun. <laughs> <laughs> the Rooster Sun. And uh, this, our listener of the week this week I was just uh, was a guy who was a former guest on the show. And I just ran into him last night, and he says that he's been listening to a lot of our shows uh, while washing dishes. Oh, cool. And he says he really he really is having a good time. So I want to name our listener of the week this week, Bill Slayman. Bill Slayman from the episode uh, The Dad Show. I love that episode. Oh, boy, Billy. Yeah. Billy. So many good stories. Yeah, those guys are great storytellers, mm-hmm. both of them. And they, he was really critical of himself. Again, I'm like, you're crazy. Uh, so my dad, one of my dad's favorite shows was, yeah. was the dad show. Because he wanted to hear that story of Clunder's uh, uh, clutch going on him after yeah, he got the second. Yeah, at the very end, he like started another story. And you're like, come on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a dandy, eh? Yeah. <laughs> He's a great storyteller. We Hopefully, you can have him on again. Mm-hmm. Both of them. So Bill Slame is listening the week. So we got, that's our uh, feedback this week. It's real short and sweet. So we can go back into hacking Just on like- no. <laughs> Just like what? Oh. This is this is some sort of thing of my sexual performance? No. All right. Well, good. All right. That was my uh, internal voice. <laughs> you will hear that. This is going back to his thing. He said his work-life balance is out of order. And he says, you will hear that although I try to res- re- uh, maintain a respectful yard, sometimes I wait too long to cut the grass and have to bag the clippings. And that one year I left my Christmas lights up until Easter. Some of these stories will be true. I have loved life in the Dutch Hall. The on-air celebrity guests I have collaborated with on this incredible journey have been some of the coolest people I know. I will always remember life in the Dutch Hall, but I may never forgive them. So this is, a, this is a, where he says he's uh, hurt. He's uh, deeply hurt. And uh, that, to me, sounds uh, uh, weak and gross. I think you're correct in your... Uh... Calling it a diatribe? Is that what you called it? Yeah, diatribe. What is it? It's a forceful and bitter verbal attack against someone or something. Wow. Oh, this is a, a diatribe. I think you're dead on there, Peter. There you go. I am not as stupid as I think I am. <laughs> I am so relieved that I've been given, been able to get this off my chest and quell the rumor mill that has undoubtedly already started on Facebook Messenger. See, another cocky son of a bitch move. Oh. Yeah, he thinks that everyone's just talking about charters, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Truly saddened, Dave the Rooster Charters. So let's give that the round of applause it deserves. Ooh. 
Yes. That's right, Dave. Boo. And uh, let me tell you, um, at first, you know, I want to play, I wanted to take the high road on this whole thing. I wanted to kind of just, you know, let it go quietly into the night. This is not the high road so far. No, well, you see how bitter he is. You see how bitter he is. And I have legitimate concerns. And then at the beginning when I thought, well, this is just something I got to look into because I don't know if it's a thing. And then I start getting more and more evidence come forward. What what, what kind of evidence you got? Well, I got to tell you, my... uh, since the uh, message, uh, the this Facebook thing mm-hmm. uh, came out, we've they've been trickling in, and uh, I have four different people have come forward uh, with really? allegations against uh, Dave. Shocking! Um, it's shocking. Yeah, you know what I should do? I should just play it for you, and uh, really, we can go into one of these things once in a while. They're all shocking. It's unbelievable. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's terrible. The, this, where should I start? I don't know. I know. Uh, so my first, my first, uh, my first one here. I'm gonna go with. Jeez, uh, I'm gonna have to go with the. Uh, I'll go with his wife. It's a real kicker, eh? <sighs> my goodness. I don't know. No, no, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna go to my Portuguese correspondent right now. Oh, what see, was his name again? I believe it was a. Uh, Armando de Souza? I think it was Armando, our, our boy from the Portugal. Well, this is a, that no no, this is a, this is Armando de Souza. Diego is a phenomenon. It's a rayo, Diego. Diego, that's casal. And who is he interviewing? He's saying something about Dave. Oh, he said Dave is terrible. He, he didn't. Uh, I don't even. That's not even suitable for any audience. Is what he said Dave did. But this is actually my real por- Portuguese correspondent, Adrian Vero, and mm. uh, good uh, good friend. He was on the Dave's birthday show, and he's a uh, beautiful man. He's going to be. Uh, he has a comment he'd like to give. Let's see if this works. Let's see if this. Works. Hello, my name is Adrian, and I spent an entire weekend with Dave Charters. Where all he did was wear purple track pants the whole time. That's disgusting. <laughs> you heard that, everyone at home, and uh, you just have the vision of it. If you know, if you don't know Dave, if you don't know the man, uh, you, 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 when he, these track pants were—he was a—he's a husky fellow, and the track pants were ill-fitting and purple, like not even a man's purple, but a female purple. I was there for that same weekend. Yeah, and they gagging. Just like vomit in my throat. Yeah, it's disgusting, and uh, uh, I don't know what uh, you can really do or say about that. But it's uh, well, that's the pile of evidence that we have against uh, Dave. Um, I feel sorry for you and Adrian for having to witness that. Well, listen to you hear this next one. It came from uh, the most unlikely source is uh, that I'm sure Dave wouldn't. Uh, let me see if we get this thing you going. You have no unheard messages and one saved message. Main menu. Well, this is to Pete's day or week. Let's listen to this one. First saved message. Hey, Pete. How you doing? It's Jeff Beckett calling. Um, I'm a neighbor of uh, Dave Charters. live a couple houses down from him, and I've just got a couple things I wanted to say to you about him. Number one thing is, like, his lawn. Like, I, I don't know why he doesn't have time to cut it. Like, he, it's, his grass is always way too long. Compared to the rest of the neighborhood, it's, it's unspeakable. The guy's got time on his hands. I don't know how he, he can't. I mean, that's, you know, we're all busy. And the second it's thing true. is, it's like that pile of mulch that he had in his driveway. Like, holy smokes, man, it was there for almost a year. I actually thought he got a second <laughs> pile in there because it was gray. Originally, it was brown. What do you have, a metric ton? 
you know, tone. he said, no, no, it's the same pile. I'll get to it. Tone. I'll get to it. But, you know, that's Dave. Anyway, take care. Ignorant. That's disgusting. And, uh, you know, he mentioned it in his thing. Um, yeah, you know, that, eyesore. Yeah, you know, you know, you know what it is about people that leave their grass uh, too long. And, you know, it's usually, you know, I'm just not saying, you know, and again, nothing's, a, I, I like to live in stereotypes because I think they're fun. But uh, the truth is, is that it is quite common that the people that leave their grass long have crystal meth labs in their basement. You know, that's just Ooh. a fact, right? You know, that the, 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 if you, it's like saying um, uh, all white trash drink Tim Hortons coffee. Right? It's not saying that you're white trash because you drink Tim Hortons coffee. It's saying that if you go if you go to Tim Hortons, it doesn't make you white trash. But if you're white trash, you definitely go to Tim Hortons every day for a cup. Right? <laughs> it's not the same thing. You I'll can tell be you, it's hard to argue that statement. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's the same thing with gra- with meth dealing uh, or meth gr- or producers that let their grass grow long. It's that not saying that you're necessarily a meth producer because your grass grows long, but if you're a meth producer, you, most likely, you, most likely your, gra- your, your grass is long, right? Yeah, that's quite the uh, statement. Well, I'm saying, I'm not, I'm not I, I, again, this is allegedly, ale- allegedly. Yeah, so the investigation will. This is an investigation. Yeah, we're, not, we're not saying that that's the case, but I mean, you it. hear stories like that, and uh, you hear about the grass, and you hear, about, you know, a whole neighborhood's affected by the man. And uh, you worry, you just worry, like, where is he falling off the rails? You know, like, where is this? Oh, he's bringing who? the neighborhood down, it sounds like. I well, don't know. Who gets a tone of mulch? A tone of mulch. You want to hear the next one? I don't know. I don't know if I can do this one again. I'm going to have to go to the next. I don't know how to skip messages. I really like Dave. Oh, no. Do you know how to you do it? I like one heard messages and one saved message. <laughs> Main menu. First saved message. Hey, Pete, how you doing? Oh, wait. Where's Teresa? Oh, no. I missed Teresa's message. I think I might have lost it. We're going to have to uh, go to the next one then. Um, this one here comes from a guy from uh, California, uh, United States of America. Abroad. Yeah. And uh, he's, a, he's a guy that grew up uh, with Dave. And, um, oh, my goodness, where is it here? I take it he knows him well and he's experienced him a few times not sexually i should say <laughs> so at the well we did lose the message from uh from uh, Teresa charters which is a dandy one but i'm i'm, I'm sorry that we, our technical difficulties have reared their ugly head again on life from dutch hall mm. but we have one more message coming from california as i said and here it is i'm just going to play it from mark rowan from california from san mateo california My name is Mark Rowan, and I had the opportunity to play hockey with a husky linemate named Dave Charters. He was a lazy winger, lightning hands, lead feet. He would saunter after the puck like he was on a Sunday stroll. Fashion forward, though, he's the only guy I know next to Prince that has worn purple pants. <laughs> Do you hear that? A lazy winger. Uh, a lazy winger. I like the emphasis of husky in there as well. <laughs> Can you believe that though, Michael? Would you tolerate a lazy winger no, in your program? No, I agree with Mark. I wouldn't tolerate. You know, there's one thing. You can't rely on your hands all the time. You got to put some pep in your step. You got to have some hustle in your game. You know, you can't. Ju- if you don't have that intensity, 
How is Life in the Dutch Hall going to be, uh, you know, rising up the charts on what's hot on iTunes? Exactly. They're not going to do it, right? Lead feet are going to keep you down. Yeah, they're not going to stay on the rock altar that way. The rock altar is going to fall down real quick. <laughs> the rock, rock altar is built on toothpicks or <laughs> popsicle sticks. That's what I think. We're going to need a guy that's going to really rock that can actually freaking get, get his mulch pile put away. Yep. And maybe, maybe hustle after the puck in the corners once in a while. That's maybe, what I say. Maybe his teammates talk well of him. So much like the John Gameshi scandal that that's rocked Canada, uh, Dave Charters is also uh, under a lot of scrutiny. And uh, I'm just saying these things are coming forward. If you have any stories about uh, Dave the Rooster Charters or, and uh, the impact that he's had on your life or on the life of others, uh, please reach out to me at live from the Dutch Hall at gmail.com. Um, send me a Facebook uh, messenger uh, or something on Twitter or you know, something so we can actually get the word out, find out exactly um, what we're dealing with here, and if he, if he indeed is um, is something that's going to be harmful to life in the Dutch Hall. Because my my real my real worry here is that maybe he's just too uninteresting of a person <laughs> to have on the show. That's what I'm wondering about. Like, but also he might just be like. Just not the type of person that you know people are going to really appreciate when he's you know doing these kind of prick moves. Like uh, you know, it really speaks to his character. I mean, it it is a character thing, and I I mean I got one for you, Pete, and it's the only one I I I keep going back to this instance. Uh, you know, we go to a Van Dyke Christmas. It's a beautiful thing, a lot of family and. Uh, it's a, it's it's a beautiful celebration. We do it every year, and uh, in and it's one of the mo- most glorious days of the year. It it's is a glorious day of reunite. The year. You know, it's a big day. We're all going to it. It's a big day. You get to see all your cousins, who are most of them are my best friends. I look forward to it. Yeah, it's a wanna, big deal. Want to have a great time. Mm-hmm. You know, but you also want to show respect. You want to show respect. We're all, uh, you know, brought up a certain way uh, to respect our elders, and you know carry ourselves in a certain way and dave marrying my beautiful cousin Teresa, he likes to roll into uh this this important event beautiful event in a pair of jeans and they weren't even like uh nice jeans they were they were like ratty jeans like like he was painting or what, it, what are you in pearl jam <laughs> you got these these jeans on maybe maybe have a rip on the top Hey, I got another thing that that, that tr- he almost trumps that. Do you remember when he came with his uh, dyed blonde hair? What frosted tips? It wasn't frosted tips. Oh, it was all dyed blonde. Bart Simpson blonde. Oof. With a pair of the Harry Potter glasses on. I have a picture of it. I should tweet that out. Hey, we should tweet that one out. And we may. I will see what I can do if I can figure out the technology. I'll tweet that. What do you think? Because that's actually from a photo about. album. That's from a photo album. <laughs> like an actual picture of like that you hold in your hand. Yeah. You know those old things. Yeah. Yeah. Polaroid. No, it's a real. We went to a lab <laughs> that's and too did they? Far back. We oh, that's, went to a that's lab back further <laughs> and got it developed. Hey, Jane. Yeah. Well, these are the kind of things we're talking about, though. Just disrespect. You should. Well, know speaking, of, you know, I think it's just. I think the. I honestly, I said I hope he got help. Hope he gets the help he needs, and I really do believe that because it seems like what's running here is a, a common theme of this guy just having a, a general lack of respect. A general lack of regard for mankind and human humanity, and uh, I, I hope that he that he can uh, we can find out that maybe there's some uh, maybe shred of of uh, a bright spot or something that we can we can find that, that will allow him back on the show. But at this point in time, I'd have to say the relationship is very strained, and hopefully that uh, over the next coming weeks we can find out something that maybe will uh, 
make us think differently about the rooster and uh and and we would do wish him the best in the future because of all his contributions and because I, th- I have to believe somewhere deep down in there there's there's some guy that uh, would actually hustle after that puck yeah there's got to be something in there some fire that deeps burn with well, burns it, within him he he certainly doesn't hustle after his uh his his kids shit what? <laughs> oh my <laughs> goodness gracious! Jason, Jane's coming forward with some real dirt on the chart on chart. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. you think there's feces around uh, the house? Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, in the backyard, we got our pool, and all the kids are in their in their uh, bathing suits. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was an accident. And guess who cleaned it up? What is this really true? <laughs> Yeah, this is really true. A kid actually pooped at our pool. Yeah, it was like one of those, oh, you know. Yeah, yeah, it happens, yeah. It happens. And little uh, Henry floating around. Yeah. yeah. And, and I get to do the dirty work. Oh. <laughs> What's Charlie's doing? Like working his sound machine? Oh, I have no working idea. Working on his blonde hair. <laughs> yeah. The tan. He's in the mirror, like applying lipstick generously. Yeah. <laughs> but I wanted that off my sidewalk pretty quick. So, but, uh, How long ago was this? This is back in the old days. Yeah, it might have been not this summer, but last summer. Well, again, it's a. This is a. This is a. Uh, this like these stories are not new stories about charters. Those purple pants. That was that was a long time ago, and uh, it's just an indication of what kind of man we're dealing with here. And I hope that uh, I hope that my my listening audience will forgive me for even having on as much as I did. Is 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 what I'm hoping. So. <laughs> So, anyways, I wanted to say we we mentioned a little bit John Gameshi, and earlier on you mentioned uh, we were talking a little bit about um, dirt bags, weren't we? About like guys picking up girls or something like that. Do we talk about that at all? You know what? I'm like, gonna... I'm like a lost puppy. I just follow you around, and I can never keep track of where you're actually. <laughs> well, we got one. We got one story here to end the show. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll end we, the show. We've got to have a story, one story at the end. What are we touching on here? All right. This is uh, this over the la- over the weekend uh, a movement. Uh, it was a hashtag movement, I think, on Twitter or something that was uh, "Keep Julian Blanc out of Canada." It started to gain momentum in the mainstream press. If you don't know who Julian Blanc is, uh, Julian Blanc is a so-called dating coach, um, whose Canadian business partner Owen Cook, who calls himself Tyler Durton, you know, uh, for the, the Tyler Durton is the character of Brad uh, Brad Pitt and played on the Fight Club. Really? And then I think Tyler, he has like a what would right. Tyler Durton do or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You're right. So he calls himself Tyler Durton. And these guys are pickup artists. They're like uh, dating coaches. They teach teach other douchebags across the world on how to like uh, pick up women. Like uh, that movie uh, Hitch? I guess. Like something dating like that. coach yeah, kind of like a dating bullshit. Coach. Yeah. Unfortunately, these two people who are also Canadian and uh, uh, Mr. John Gameshi is also Canadian and they start to make us all look like a bunch of assholes to women if yeah, you dirt bags. if you look at yeah. these these people and so that's why i want to bring it to light to, to make people realize that we're not all like that up here in canada but cook and Le, uh blanc are part of uh the pua uh posse which is a pickup artist posse pick pua is pickup artist awesome uh called the real social dynamics and uh, the RSD gang, as they call themselves, fly around all around all around the world to teach men about how get how to get women in, into bed. And um, according to their website, they hold a PUA boot camp where men go out to nightclubs, uh, bars, or cafes to meet girls with an instructor who monitors them, and uh, they go and kind of like uh, coach them or whatever. That's right? so creepy. 
Yeah. That well, anyways, what happens is this uh, this uh, dickhead, uh, uh, Julian Blanc, uh, went to Japan, and he started to do some coaching out in Japan on how to uh, pick up women. And this is the quote that he said. Okay, I'm gonna, this is a quote from this man, okay? In Tokyo, if you're a white male, you can do whatever you want. My friend told me, just grab her. So I pull her in, and she laughs and giggles. And all you have to say to take the pressure off is just yell Pikachu or Pokemon or Tamagotchi or something. So I'm uh, romping around the streets just grabbing girls. And my opening, like a pickup line, is just grabbing a girl's head and putting it on my dick. Head on dick. Yelling Pikachu with a Pikachu skirt. He continues. It's the happiest I've ever been. What's fucked too is that every foreigner, at least the... uh, who's white at least, does this. You'll be roaming through the streets and there's Japanese people everywhere and you'll spot that one foreigner and your eyes will lock and you'll, and you'll know that he knows and he knows what, that you know and it's like this guilty look, like both of you fucked a hooker or something and you just wait for him to pass and then phew, you're back at it and it's awesome. That's his quote. This is his move. And apparently what he does is his move that he coaches people to do is when you see a girl, especially an attractive girl, and he says, try this with like unattractive women first, just to get yourself uh, accustomed up. to it. Yeah. Oh, you try with unattractive God. women first. Get yourself limbered up. <clears throat> and you, you do is when you go up to them, you're supposed to uh, physically make them uncomfortable, like grab them by the neck or uh, grab them by the back of the head or grab their hair a little bit or push your shoulder or do something that's going to get them off kilter physically where you express your dominance and then you put the woman down you make her feel like she's less than you, you find a fault in her to make her seem like you don't you could take her leave her or whatever you're she's making her try to work for your affection right and the whole it's a whole strategy that these guys promote for women and it's done with physical domination and like very much uh, it's aggressive and and horrible like there's nothing uh, uh, remotely rewarding about these fucking idiots at all and uh so i would suggest that i'm on the side of a ban this fucking guy from coming back to canada but what country's going to take him at this point in time yeah but you know what's interesting the for example the 50 shades of gray it's all about domination how the male is the dominant and the female is the submissive and, like, how many women have read that book? A lot. They love the book. Well, yeah. do you think that's a you running know? thing then for women? Do they like a guy that's going to show that sort of, and like, it, dominance? Uh, but uh, don't you need to have I a comfort know. level but, with Well, that's first? the thing. You have the book. The book is just a story. It's You're fantasy. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. If someone actually came up and, and kind of did that, you'd be like, what the? Right? But whether that would, like, spark some sort of a, ooh, you know? Yeah, like you'd have to have a certain amount of, of trust and comfort with that man to to for that to work. Yeah. For for a log, for like a logical people's minds. Yeah, like yeah. for like a quality woman. Yeah. Like if you're yes. or if yeah. you're like I mean I still think like what this what the person from Vice who who this article uh, I read this article from Vice so he has his own take on the matter. Mm-hmm. And what his uh his take on it was was that uh you know, the guy, the reason he likes Japan so much is because in Japan, uh, like an average sized white guy from North America is, is a monster. Is a monster over there. It's very, very physically dominating. So when he goes over there, he can more, he's more physically like imposing on these women and they feel more like, uh, like they need to be submissive to it because it's such a, do- you know, it's a bullying thing. It's a friggin'. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Like, those are the guys that 
not that I'm in a bar scene or anything anymore, but those are the guys that if I would see in the bar, if that guy was doing that to a girl here, I'd just be like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, I would probably, I don't even, maybe I don't know the girl, but hey, I'm if, if she's not liking what's going on, I'd be right over there, the first guy punch him right out. Like, yeah, yeah. me? I remember going to France and seeing the way the French guys would treat the treat women. women like that. And I remember we were with these American girls who were very nice to us and treat us like great hosts. And we went to a bar with them, and these guys were being just horrible like they that. Like, like you weren't there, right, Jane? Mm-hmm. The French guys were they real. They just attack you, like they're attacking Jane, like attacking women. Yeah, yeah like yeah. that's their like, move. Just very sexually, they yeah. just really come on to you, right? Get into your uh, your space and just want to like touch you and get close Make to you. Make you feel and, uncomfortable. Like, yeah. They like push oh, you against yeah. the wall. I saw them push girls against the wall, and they get like all up into them, and they really like physically like kind of like corner them. Really. And then uh, so I would be like, "Hey, buddy, like leave her alone." Yeah. And, and the girls were telling me because I was just new there. This is just the way these guys yeah, are. This is the culture. This you is just what have happens. to get Back used off. to it. You know, yeah. they don't go any further. They're just being like, "This is what they do," and they don't make an issue of it. You know, but for the for the new Canadians yeah. or the Americans that were there, they're like, "What the fuck? You can't treat girls like that, right?" No, exactly. But, and then, in like Japan, I think aren't the the physically the whites are they're fascinating, right? Fascinating. Yeah. And then so it'd be like a, a real novelty to have the attention from yeah, yeah. Fr- you know. And then it'd be like, you let it happen because you're like, wow, you know, he picked me, maybe? I don't know. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I think there's a certain amount of that with all, like a lot of girls who are searching for some sort of affection yeah. that they want that I pick me or this guy yeah. finds me special or I feel, you know. Yeah. That's what, But when the guys do it like so systematically that they on purpose right. try to focus on it's your weakness like or on your connection like, they've developed no. a boot camp right. and a, yeah. you know money yeah. making Jesus opportunity Christ. with us it's a tri- it's how to trick people it's like how to like scam people oh, into absolutely. giving it's you like sex the lowest of the low it's like yeah like yeah. how can you how can you like stomach yourself when yeah. you're like that right can you ever get married to a man like that <laughs> if you ever knew his past Fuck, you'd be I like really not. yeah you, you know you are a dirtbag i don't think a guy like that would ever really even ever. aspire to marriage yeah. you know like right. they, the, when you're so when your head's so far up your ass that you think that it's a matter of like you know, just getting the, those scores. This is how you women, you know? right? Like, yeah. I, I'm going to tell you, I, I'll tell you right now. I would put, I would, any of those guys, I don't care how accomplished you are as a pickup artist or whatever you think you are. And I look at these guys. These guys are freaking, they look like scumbags. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, you're getting, you're getting one, number one, you're getting like shitty women. Like, I don't care how hot you say they are or whatever. You're getting like empty vessels for the most part. You're getting women that might look great. It's like porno chicks, you know. Yeah, They're it's not like sticking up for themselves. Like, yeah, like if you if you like masturbate to a porno girl, if you are at least me, if I masturbate to a porno girl, I'll say right. I'll go. If I masturbate to a <laughs> porno so girl, far. there is there is a piece of me who feels really guilty about finding that idiot attractive. <laughs> you know what I mean? The real right. The, like and I, and I don't, the behind like, the scenes one that's being like, oh, you want this? And again, in my it's, ass? Like, it's like the Tim Hortons coffee thing. Like I don't mean all porno girls are pieces <laughs> of shit. I want to. I'm gonna offend the porno girls or whatever. There's probably some real nice porno yeah, girls. They want out there. good business women. Right. I mean, sure. And it's a profession. They're doing what they got to do. They're professionals or whatever. But but there's a lot of the ones that I see that seem like just dumb bitches that just that's the only they want quick money and they don't have the pride to withhold their right you know showing their wares or doing whatever they got to do to get it right and to me that's always sad there's a certain amount of sadness like that's gonna kill your boner right 
Well, one video you see them doing whatever you're watching. The next video, they're taking the gigantic black cock. Like, come on. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, most of them are doing it because of horrible reasons. They have a drug addiction or they're homeless or they're, like, uh, somehow have some sort of abuse in their history. There's always something sad about it. It's like if you go to a strip club, you don't want to really talk to the girls that much. If you ask them too many questions, you're going to find out something horrible. (laughs) You know, something really bad. You're bound to find something bad. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I like to do is just ask a question. And eventually, you ask questions. You're like, I don't want to. I don't want to know anymore. <laughs> no, I'm good. It's all terrible. Let's I won't be able to sleep line. ever again. Yeah. Anyway, is that it? <laughs> <laughs> we're we're one eleven in the show, and we're gonna have to call that one a show. So we got one more thing to do. I really hope we can get that uh, that thing for Teresa from next week. But guys, I want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, please, if you can, share my episodes on Facebook or or retweet them on Twitter. Um, uh, do what you can to uh, provide me with feedback. Anything you got, anything good or bad that you want to provide to me, give me on uh, live from the Dutch Hall at gmail.com. Uh, we have t-shirts for sale now. We have uh, yeah, get on who it. is the Haitian dwarf, and we have live from the Dutch Hall t-shirts. I'm actually going to relaunch the live from the Dutch Hall t-shirts to get the price down for everybody because there's a new option Christmas for you out there. Christmas is coming up, and uh, yeah. we are getting these ones printed, so it's it's it is an actually fulfilled campaign. Woo! So yeah, we're getting yeah. t-shirts out this time. Let's That's give awesome. a round of applause yeah. for that. Yeah. Um, where we got it? There we go. A crowd is wild. Go. T-shirts. Man. T-shirts, people. You've been waiting for them. Very awesome. Funny. We got them now. And uh, we got some really exciting things coming up in the future. So keep staying tuned and listen. And uh, I am... Uh, Sorry that uh, I had to bore you with all the internal stuff with the uh, with my buddy Dave. But <laughs> you know, Charters, he did it to us. He did it to us all. Son of a bitch. All right, so let's we'll see you next week, everybody. Yeah. Well, this one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's right. right. At the end. My franchise? You didn't get through it all. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to get your point across about the... the how, about how those guys are only getting shitty girls. Well, you made your yeah. point, but you didn't follow yeah, up yeah, how... Well, I got more. Yeah. I saved it for later. Yeah. Oh, there you go. You didn't...